Welcome to the network of One Step Closer to Madness. If you live in this world, there you are. So here's your parameter warning. The host of the following show and most of his guests are disgusting vile motherfuckers, and we just say bad shit, and you don't want your children to hear it. Or maybe you do. And if you do, well, you'll be the next guest on Dr. Phil or Maury, right? So let's make this shit happen now. Let's go on with the show. Hi, boys and girls. Welcome once again to the real school of rock. Now, maybe some of you didn't know why I chose, but, you know, maybe a lot of people would consider you know, kind of a lame name for a show about real rock or you know, even about rock. But I didn't just choose it, uh, you know, because of the connection to that um, goofy, silly fucking movie with Jack Black, you know, The School of Rock. But, hey, fuck all of you. I love that fucking movie. I don't like Jack Black, you know. Don't like every film he's ever done, you know, Nacho Libre can uh, lick my crusty butthole. But uh, I kind of like Jack, you know. I think probably the primary reason is because, you know, I'm kind of a punky kind of fucking guy. And that kind of goes along with tonight's show, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Um but, you know, I'm a huge fan of Tenacious D. Now, anyone listening to the show right now who doesn't know what or who the fuck Tenacious D is, I'll just tell you this because I'm a greedy fucking bitch. Fuck off. Wait until after the show's over and, uh, you know, Google that. Sorry, my phone's beeping in my ear. It's It's my doctor, my doctor's office, and... Hey, fuck life and fuck my health. I'm here to talk to you people about rock. All right? So, but yeah, check that out, you know. Um, Oh, my God, this phone's driving me nuts, man. Hang on a second. I'm getting a message from the newsroom. You know, that's how important I am, people. I'm so important that I have a vast quantity of people out there. You know, right now, you guys cannot see the the newsroom, what I call the war room. You know, because life is a war, man, especially in the terms of rock. We're at war, brothers and sisters. And when it's all said and done, there will be many dead in the battlefield. There'll be parts and bits and stuff, because, you know, that's metal, right? Chopping people into little pieces and stuff. That's fucking metal, man, right? So there's going to be this fucking, this metal wasteland, man. You know, and on one side you'll have like, well, you know, like people who are into Nickelback and think that's metal. You know, or people who are into today's Metallica and think that's metal. Oh, yeah, I said it. Metallica sucks. They didn't used to. But they do now. And I think Iron Maiden fucking sucks. Slayer doesn't. 
fucking Slayer, man. Fucking Slayer went out, brothers and sisters. You know, and this be- my, my fucking phone's in my ear again. Yeah, my wife's telling me to ignore it, but, you know, I'm trying to talk to you people, and these, I got these doodly-doo-doo-doo, I mean, come on, man. You guys are listening to the show now. Wouldn't that fuck with your shit? Wouldn't it? I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying it would ruin your fucking day or anything like that, but it would fuck with your shit, you know, because you're, well, you know, I'm trying to make a point, and because you're listening to this show, The Real School of Rock, and I, Kevin Malone, am not only your host, but I am the motherfucking professor. Now you can take that any way you want. Anyway, before we get too far into this stuff, um, I have a very special guest lined up tonight. And uh, unfortunately, he is not quite home yet. But he will be contacting us shortly, and he will be guest on this show. You guys have heard me talk about him before and his band, Anti-Scene. And I think it is definitely one of the one of the better hardcore, hard rock, punk bands out there. You know, I mean, I certainly, um, man, I, I rank them right up there with, with fucking Black Flag, the Stooges. I mean, th- this is a band, you know. And like I said, you, you, you've heard me talk about them, you know. So uh, Jeff's on his way home. He's going to contact us as soon as he gets there. So in the meantime, you dickheads get to listen to me. So let's talk about how I think uh, Def Leppard's one of the greatest metal bands of all time. I'm waiting for you to quit laughing. <laughs> but let's talk about the the kind of music that um, anti-scene, I'm not going to say represents, but Certainly, you know, anyone listening to that genre, that style of music, um, would compare them to, you know. And uh, I'm not going to sit there and uh, make presumptions about who influenced Jeff. Tell us when he gets there, you know. But um, that style of music, you know, Excuse me. And let's call it what it is and what it was. We'll just basically say punk, you know. We won't throw all the the other connotations in there about punk rock, hardcore punk, any of that kind of stuff. Because it's, I mean, again, you know, you can call rock metal. You can call it heavy metal, classical metal, punk rock, neo-rock, new metal. You can call it all this shit, but as Billy Joel once said, it's still rock and roll to me. You know, and um, I don't give a fuck if you're in some kind of black satanic metal band, you know. Doesn't it still, at some point, doesn't it still come from guys like Chuck Berry? 
you know, Little Richard, um, you know, Big Mama Thornton, Robert fucking Johnson, you know. And it wasn't even rock and roll then. It was just blues, you know. Or in those cases, it was called Negro blues. But in the end, isn't that where it comes from? You know, Sepultura back in the day had a great song um, called Roots. Bloody Roots. And I think that sums it up, you know, pretty fucking well. You know, the roots of everything, and you know, especially in music. Um, I think I mentioned this in the, probably the first show I did. Uh, hang on a second, people. All right, hold on a second, folks. We got a little uh, little technical difficulty here. Just hold on a second, and I'm gonna fix it for you. Uh, my phone. Hit Jeff Clayton. Oh, hold on just a second, folks. Apparently, I fucked up. Hold on a second, folks. We're going to get everything fixed up. I'm sorry for the dead air. This this is my problem. Hang on a second. We have our guest calling in now. Hey, Jeff, are you there, brother? Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> Dude, I'm sorry. I fucked up, man. You know? Cool. Unlike, you, you know, most of our liberal politicians, I will admit to my fuck up. And, and I gave mm-hmm. you the wrong fucking number, bro. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> okay. Anyway, just give me a second here. And, uh, hey, folks, this is a founding member, lead singer, and songwriter of, of one of my favorite fucking bands of all time, anti-motherfucking scene. You've heard me talk about them on this show. Welcome, Jeff. Hey, man. Good to be here. Well, hey, you know, I mean, you know, consider I fucked up right out of the gate. I'm, you know, I'm sorry. I, I was just like a, a fucking Rolling Stone interviewer, right? <laughs> <laughs> Tell us, Jeff, how did you become involved in Flower Power? <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, bro, thank you, man, so much for being a guest on the show because, you know, it's it's not often a lowly fuck like myself, you know, gets to interview and, and talk to someone uh, who just, you know, dude, Anti-Scene has made so many songs, man, are just, they're anthems in my life, you know? That's pretty fucking cool. (laughs) Uh, 
if you'd indulge me for a couple minutes, um, hang on, let me light a cigarette. One of my few vices left. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I was probably late into the game. And uh, How many years has Anti-Scene been playing music, man? Uh, we're currently in year number 36. 36 fucking years, bro. Yep. I mean, you, you guys are kind of up there with the Stones, and I'm not comparing you guys to Stones because I think you're better, but... <laughs> well, I wish our it's, bank accounts were uh, comparable, comparable. Yeah, yeah, brother. I <laughs> uh, no, man. I understand. <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, yeah. if you'll indulge me for a couple minutes, man, um, this is how I discovered anti-scene. Uh, this was in the early 90s, 91, 92. And, um, okay. I'm not going to say thanks to the death of a family member, but I made a slight inheritance. And mm-hmm. um, I always had this dream, man, to, to own all those places I used to go to where I discovered the Misfits and the Stooges and the Ramones and all these great bands, you know, these used record stores. You know, mm-hmm. and um, that was always a dream of mine. And uh, I just went through a di- an ugly fucking divorce. Not that there's probably any other kind, but you know. And uh, not really. Yeah, not in my <laughs> yeah. experience anyway. <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I, I came into a few grand. You know, <clears throat> you know, I've been a welder and a fucking flunky you know I've been a working class American my life you know and it was, finally got a chance to do something I thought hey, fuck it I'm a little bit of a record store you know so mm-hmm. anyways long story short um, you know I'd stock my store with used records UCDs and I was trying to find companies that would deal with me on, on, on short income uh, to put their t-shirts and their posters and bullshit in my store, and uh, I don't know. You may not know anything about this record label or not. I don't know. I'm going to throw it at you. Um, I found this company out of San Francisco or the Bay Area, you know, that place, uh, called Rave Records. Oh, yeah. I know about Rave. <laughs> okay. The rave is, we were on rave. Dude, I love those fucking t-shirts. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Go ahead, man. Fuck that weak shit. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I bought a bunch of um, seven-inch singles from them and some um, LPs, of course. And, I, you know, I, I'm a record junkie, man. So, like, colored vinyl is, like, I don't know, kind of like you're into sex, but you know, you want to suck on women's toes. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like mm-hmm. that, that weird colored vinyl thing you go into, you know what I mean? But, yeah, I, I got these, I made these big orders from them. And um, the the first thing I remember opening up playing was one of this side. I think about like five of these box sets of seven inch. And I think there was like five records in each one, five forty fives, you know. And um, mm-hmm. one of the first ones that caught my attention 
was this song by this band called Anti-Scene, and it was called My God Can Beat Up Your God. (laughs) (laughs) And it just, dude, it rocked my fucking world, man. It was like hearing Black Flag for the first time and shit, right? And then, but I also had a sack of of, of, of LPs, and one of them was Anti-Scene, Eat More Possum. And I heard fuck all y'all, <laughs> you know, for the first time. So mm-hmm. that's my introduction into anti-singing, and I- I've been a fucking huge fan ever since, brother. And uh, so what got you into, you know, wanting to be in a band, wanting to, to do music, man? What was what was your shit? Well, man, I think I pretty much wanted that uh, my entire life. I mean... Music was so important yeah. to me, even as a young guy, you know. And uh, uh-huh. the first the first stuff I probably got into, where I was just, uh, you know, super fan, was probably Alice Cooper in the seventies. Oh and, fuck uh, yeah, dude! <laughs> and then you know, Grand Funk what, and uh, what was your first Coop album that got you? A Billion Dollar Babies. What? Well, well, Okay, now I understand that. But okay, now I was born in 1960, bro. So, how fucking old is your fucking sorry ass? <laughs> I was born in '63. Okay, dude, you're 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 my era, bro. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, dude, I, I saw I only saw Coop once, and that was on the Billion Dollar Babies tour. Yeah. You know, but I got into him. Uh, the first time I ever heard by Coop was. Um, um, what's the one with 18 and, and Ballad of White Fry? Love It to Death. Uh, that one's called uh, Love It to Death, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, see, I had you okay, know, so you're, Cousins and all that would yeah. play the stuff for me. No, I'm sorry, continue, bro. I'm but sorry the first for, for interrupting you. The first album I had that was mine, you know, was A Billion Dollar Babies. Yeah. And, uh, it had the biggest impact on me, and that was in 73. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, for anyone who who hasn't heard Anti Scene, or is gonna go listen to Anti Scene, or maybe he's a fan. I mean, certainly you would take on the mantle of punk, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's yeah. Not... I mean, I, I'm okay with that label. If people got to label stuff, you know, we're, we're okay with that, and. uh yeah, but that's, sorry that's what, people have to do that, but, you know. That was the influence. I mean, that that was the thing that, like, um, that was the push over the cliff right there, you know, was punk rock. I mean, yeah. Alice Cooper, yeah, Graham dude. Funk, and Kiss, and Black Oak, Arkansas made oh, me want to play, and Ted Nugent <laughs> and Aerosmith, you know. But, you know, dude, when I we finally to got to Black Oak. the Ramones, that's when we actually Oh yeah, man, we can do something, you know, and yeah, it's been the same ever since. <laughs> you, you didn't necessarily have to be fucking Richie Blackmore or Jimmy Page, did you? <laughs> you know, no, nah, that that trying to be uh, even Ted Nugent or Jimmy Page was something that just kind of baffled well, us. I mean, like, what the hell? Come on, dude, <laughs> fucking <laughs> Uncle Ted's on the fucking that. Uncle Ted, <laughs> you know. 
You don't have to like the motherfucker's politics, but man, goddamn, it's Uncle fucking Which Ted. I do. Yeah. Well, no, I do too, bro. We're gonna get into that shit. <laughs> I mean, but here's the thing, you know, if, if you look at um, rock and roll from its beginnings, and I'm not gonna go all the way back into the, you know, the Mississippi Delta and shit, but let's start with like Chuck Berry and shit. And move shortly on past that, and rock and roll definitely becomes fucking political. So now that's leading me to my next fucking question. I'm putting you on the spot right now, brother. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I've been a follower and a major fucking fan of anti-scene for many fucking years. And many bands that do what you guys do. But here recently... In the big news media, because you know how important those fuckwads are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, there's a, a a certain fucking flag that has become um, a focal point, shall we say, upon people who, um, well, you know, they live in that fantasy land called the far fucking left. You know. Yeah. But, you know, I've seen enough anti-scene videos and stuff. Okay, we're going to say it. It's the stars and bars, man. Call it the Confederate flag. It's just a fucking battle flag, but you motherfuckers don't know shit about history. Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And it becomes this thing, you know, that those people focus on. But, you know, dude, you've never shied away from that. So hit me with it, bro. Well, for us, it meant... It was a rebel flag. And we always considered ourselves rebels against whatever, you know, in the, whatever was put up. Government. Oh, you got to listen to this. You got to do this. You know, Uh, we were always rebelling against that. And uh, especially with our music and especially in the early days. And, uh, and the fact that we were Southern are Southern, you know, it just seemed like a natural fit. It sure wasn't. It sure wasn't a statement uh, of how we we uh, were pro or con against slavery or anything like that. It had nothing to do oh, with yeah. that. It was, I mean, you know, we we took cues from from groups like Leonard Skinner and stuff like that, and and Black Oak, and uh, you know, it was more it was more of a, a, a pride of being Southern and being rebels. It had. It had nothing to do with uh, any of the other connotations that get uh, stuck to it now. And, uh, you know, uh, I guess obviously the um, DPC crowd has won because now they've uh, pretty much labeled it a symbol of hate. And uh, for us, that's never what it was. It was a symbol of rebellion. And it still means that yeah, to, me to this day. Yeah. No, I mean, look, dude, I mean, I, I was born and raised in California. Um, mm-hmm. as a, about the motherfucking far away from the South and any of that shit you can get. But, again, my, my heritage, my roots are 100% Southern. I mean, you know, aside from the Irish, Scottish, all that kind of stuff. You know, but, uh, you know, my father instilled in me the, the Irish Rebellion which is, you know, rebel. And then the, mm-hmm. the Southern thing. 
And this is not getting political. You know, I mean, dude, you know as well as I do, brother. It's not a racial thing. It's, you know, if if people were in America today were educated on history, which we're not anymore, then we would know that basically the South was on the side of right and American freedom, you know, and it didn't really have anything to do with slavery. So, you know, people, you know, you know, send your hate mail to me. You know, I already know my email address, so do it. But, yeah, man, I mean, um, I kind of got that in me from my Irish side, my southern side, that, you know, I am an American. You're an American, right, bro? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But we know the Constitution and we know what the freedoms are supposed to be guaranteed to us, but... I don't think the, the American government, unless I'm hurting somebody else, has the right to tell me dick. And that ties into my I next mean, question I mean, with you. No, go ahead. Okay, go ahead. But I, had, I, I want to comment on what you said there. It's like uh, when I got into first got into punk rock, you know, hearing the Pistols and the Clash and all that, it was all like sure. they were all anti-government and everything. But now punk rock seems to be, you know, in love with the government, and they want the government – to be huge and take care of their every need, and uh, I don't get that. I yeah. don't get it, and uh, I'm not going to sit around and pretend like I do. So, no, dude, I. There's that. Fuck, brother. Thank you for bringing that up. Isn't it weird how not just punk but rock changed? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it was I'm like the, you know, I mean, you know. I don't mean yeah. stereo. I mean to to break it down into groups like punk rock and all. I'm just saying that that's when I noticed it. You know that's that's when I first yeah. noticed what they were saying well, I mean, about. You know, and now now it's not that way. It's a complete it's a complete flip of what was going on then. And and I relate more to what was going on then than I do to what is going on now. And sure. The way I think. I mean, what's coming next is is Metallica going to do a fucking song where we think Hillary rocks? I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, I wouldn't be I, man. I wouldn't be a bit surprised. And I, I don't. You know what? I don't care. Do it. You know, idiots. You just do what you want. Um. Um. I I just don't I don't get what's going on in and I'm using quotations punk rock. Today and that's why I don't have any sure. kind of uh, allegiance to it or whatever. We man, we just do what anti scene does, you know. And I, and and look, I'm not going to sit there and tell you that the whole band subscribes to the way I feel. Anti scene is an extension of me because I'm the only one that's been there every day for 36 years. So when guys come in, they come in and contribute their part. You know, and uh, but not everyone feels the way I do about everything. But but that, but then again, we're not a political band either. We never really were, except for the. I mean, no. I guess there were some times we stuck our toe in it, but uh, we're not trying. You to said be, what you felt, but, bro. You know. Yeah, I say what I feel. Yeah. No, dude. I mean, you know. 
And what I feel is not always nice. And what I feel is not always the correct way to feel. But, man, it's just the way it is. Well, who the fuck writes the fucking rule book that says you're only allowed to feel a certain feel? I mean, that's like 1984 George Orwell bullshit, right? Find that rule book, and we'll burn it. Because I I don't like no one telling me the way I got to do something. Something that was mine from the ground up. You're going to tell me how I got to do it, what I can say and what I can't say? Man, I can't go for that, to quote Hall and Oates. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Man, dude, dude, you're bro after my own motherfucking heart, man. My my father would be sitting there going, right, if he was still alive today, he'd be going like, fuck yeah. (laughs) Because my dad always said, you know, if if you know in your heart and soul that you're right, don't you ever let no motherfucker ever back you down. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, you know, I mean, of course, now, you know, you people like you and I, we can't say certain shit because, you know, these uh, certain powers that seem to be at the moment will go back 20 fucking years in your online fucking posts and find one thing they can latch onto, so all of a sudden now you're fucking racist, you're a misogynist, blah, yeah, blah, yeah. blah, and, blah, you know, blah, blah, all, blah, you know. All these, all these, uh, uh, liberals, police, you know, they got this uh, <laughs> thing like, like, like they came out of the womb perfect, believing exactly what they believe from the day they were born until the day that they're the ripe old age of 18. And, uh, (laughs) you know, and and they think, oh, well, you said this, you know, 15, 25 years ago. And I'm just like, you know what? We're all entitled to have said something stupid at some point. And if you don't learn from your experiences in life, then you're not really living. And I'm I'm tired of being around fucks that think they've known it all from day one. And when the, the truth of the matter is, they don't really know shit. Yeah. And those are the people that are calling the fucking shots now. And man, I don't like it. How, how old are you now, Jeff? I am 56. I'll be 57 this year. Okay. I, I turned 59 in December, brother. So, congratulations. You and I are close enough to that fucking age, man. Don't, do you ever find yourself, brother, like, so they're going like, I'm so fucking glad I'll be dead before this next generation fucking takes over. You know what I mean? Yes, yes all the time. You know, you know what? And isn't that a sad that. fucking thing? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I remember my father when I was like 13, 14 years old, looking at me and going like, I know you think you know everything. You stupid asshole. You don't know shit, but one of these days, you're going to find out you don't know dick. And, uh, you know, God bless my father, the drunken asshole that he was most of my life, but God bless him. <laughs> I, I ended up going back when, you know, when him and I finally made peace with each other. We understood each other, you know, because I grew up and became a man, you know, and I understood yes. the real world. I lived it, you know. And I said, Dad, remember when you used mm-hmm. to say blah, blah, blah? And he goes, yeah, I remember that, son. I went, Dad, you were fucking right. 
the smile that came across that man's face. <laughs> you know, it was like kind of like Dorothy and um, Wizard of Oz when she finds out she just click her heels together, <laughs> you know, and go back to Kansas. Well, look, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, look, man, it's like no one has learned anything unless you've made mistakes. That's yeah. how you learn. And these fucks now, just because some idiot college professor or some fucking textbook tells them this, and they think they they know it all, just right off the top, yeah. it's not so, man. <laughs> you got to live some life. you got to have some life experience before you can go around telling other people how they're going to live. Fucking A, brother. So let's... Let's tie this next question into talking about some anti-saints, shall we? Let's sure. talk about some of the songs, man, that, you know, because I'm an adult. It's my motherfucking show, right? I can ask mm-hmm. and say whatever the fuck I want, right? <laughs> we'll go for it. So let me talk about some of the anti-scene shit, man, that, that just like all anti-scene I've ever heard just resonates within mm-hmm. my soul. Black thing, shriveled up heart that it may be. Um... Me, 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 let me throw a few songs at you. Um, mm-hmm. My God can beat up your God, because that's the first one I heard. That song. All right. Well, I hate to disappoint you on that one. I can't take credit for that. That was uh, that was actually a cover that really? a lot of people do not know. It was a uh, cover of I'm a one. band that. It was a cover that we played. We played with this band from Miami, Florida in yeah. the uh, early 80s called Broken Talent. And oh, God they damn, put out I'm a sorry, I never heard song. of them, man. They oh, put fuck, out a that, that song rocks. That, dude, that's such a cool we song. We played with them a couple times, and they had this song, My God Could Be Up Your God. And uh, I don't know, I guess around 90. 88, 89, 90, somewhere in there. Joe Young yeah. and I decided we were going to cover that. And, um, you know, we met these guys in the early 80s around the time we we formed, you know, shortly yeah. after we formed. And as fate would have it, that to this day, right now, the guy – who plays bass for Anti-Scene. His name is Malcolm Tent. Yeah. He was I the co-writer. Let me know him personally, but... God. Yeah, well, he's, he, he's the guy that wrote that song, and now he plays bass for us. Wow. He was, he'd been in the fold since the early 80s, you know, and that's how we like to like to pick people. We, we, we tried to pick people from outside the the circle before, and it never seems to work. And if it does work, they seem to have a five-year uh, shelf life, and yeah. they're gone. But uh, Malcolm Tent's is one of these guys that we've dealt with since uh, 1984 or five. I, I would I would think probably 1984, and been part of the history ever since. And now now he's a member of the band. Well, cool. Well, I'm, I'm I'm fucking glad to know that, bro, because that's you know that's that's one of my anthems. Uh, so let's move on to the next one. Okay. Fuck all y'all. Okay. All right. 
Man, that that pretty that pretty much sums up the band, the whole attitude of <laughs> the band, you know. Yeah. Uh, fuck all y'all. Who, I think so, but y'all? you know, you know, I might have listeners that you know. <coughs> excuse me, I, I gotta give up cigarettes. <coughs> but um, you know, um, like I said, you know, before this show started, I, I've talked about anti scene on this show numerous times. I just you know, because you guys are like my, you're my motherfucking black flag. You're my fucking sex pistols. So, but, uh, you know, explain fuck all y'all to people. Fuck all y'all is just a big middle finger to everyone who's not us. And when I say us, <laughs> I don't just mean us four guys in the band. I mean us, people cut from the same cloth, people of our ilk. That yeah. the the other people may be looking down at or looking up, you know, down their nose at or uh, thinking that maybe they don't count or they're not worth anything. That's our big middle finger to all of them. Yeah. And we still play that. We still close the shows out with that song to this very day. Well, fuck, bro. You fucking got to, man. I mean, goddamn, man. Fuck all y'all. It's just an anthem to to all of us people, you know, going through junior high, elementary school, high school, and shit. You know what I mean? Someone told me one of those, um, I don't know what to call them. I guess Hot Topic bands have a song called that, but uh, it came way after ours. Ours is the original. Theirs is a cheap imitation. Yeah. I get well, that. See, this is perfect, Jeff. You're just you're falling into my trap, son. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about covers for a second. Um, okay. I'm 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 normally a person who I'm I'm overall not in favor of cover tunes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm born in 1960, so obviously, you know, the Beatles are a big influence in my life. Don't know if they are yours, mm-hmm. but they are in mine. Yeah, of course. Of but, course. I mean, comes the Beatles, to Coop. The Who, all that. Yeah, yeah, Black Sabbath. And we're going to talk about my boy Frank in a minute, so it's coming. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I've always been kind of, I'll just say skeptical of cover tunes. And there's mm-hmm. been a handful of, uh, of artists who have um, done a cover tune where, you know, I mean, I I, I hate just as much as a band does a, a tries to do an accurate recreation, of, you know, recreation of the song, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or try and do something weird, freaky, and you know, you're trying to be like Oasis or some fucking shit, you know what I mean? But you yeah. you guys. Anti-Scene did a cover of a band who I was a big fan of, Talking Heads. And you guys yeah. did a cover of a Psycho Killer. And, mm-hmm. uh, dude, that fucking rock, man. It, it was, well, thank you. I'm just going to say it. It was as good as the original. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Well, I appreciate that. I mean, it, it, it was different, but if you're going to cover something, I mean... I mean, I'm I'm kind of in that uh, school of thought that you can never top the original. 
but sure. If you but if you're gonna do it, make it your own. And that's what Absolutely. we do with every song we we get in our hands. We make it. It it, it becomes an anti sing song, whether it was or not. Yeah, but you, you remember, know? dude, when uh, Aerosmith did that double live album? I was a huge Aerosmith fan at the time. You know, I mean, fuck, yeah, dude, rock, well, get your wings. wings. Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah, you know what I'm talking, talking about. about we're talking about the Beatle thing. I, yeah. dude, I don't know how you felt about it, brother. I did not like their cover of "Come Together." Uh, I can't agree I with you on that one, man. Like I, it, man. I, I, I really love their, I really love their version of that. <laughs> well, no, but dude, I mean, I understand why you did. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm not some fucking dickhead, far left liberal, and I go. It was a racist song <laughs> you know, or some shit, but <laughs> it just it just wasn't my scene, you know, right. but yeah, but I get what you're saying. I mean, they, they definitely, here's the thing, you're going to do a cover, and I, I'm, a, I'm a musician lifelong, uh, the only band I was ever in that made actual recordings of a band I'm sure you've never heard of called the Meat Shits, and uh mm-hmm. But, you know, it was a thing where, you know, you want to do homage to the song. And I yeah, I just yeah, think that, yeah, that yeah. Anti-Scene did homage to the, you know, I don't know if you guys were talking head fans when you did the song or not. I don't know. But yeah, of course we were. I love that band, uh, you know, before we, they got We don't do the, covers. We, like, if we do a cover, it's not to be ironic it's not to make fun of it it's not to be cutesy we do it because we love yeah. it and yeah and we make it sound like we wrote it you know well and you guys did now whether it's better whether it's better than the original that i guess that's for each individual's uh, ears to decide but uh i mean sure. i don't think sure. that's the goal to to make it better than the original, we just try to do a different well, version of it. I mean, it, it uh, shouldn't I think be. It's through, it's, uh, I think it's through our covers of a lot of artists that a younger audience that was coming up, especially in the uh, late '80s and early '90s, discovered a lot of artists that they would not have known about had it not been for us covering sure. it. And I get people all the time telling me that they would have never known about Rocky Erickson if it had not been for us. And that and and shouldn't everyone. That's a fact that makes me pretty happy. Fuck yeah, bro. But I mean, you know, I, I can remember like when I had my record store, you know, and um, some guy came in one day with a box full of fucking records and shit. And one of them was the, um, the Motley Crue picture disc of Helter Skelter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was running to all these, you know, these young people, you know, are into that, what I call cock rock, because I don't like 80s mm-hmm. hair metal. You can beat my Not ass if you want. I don't fucking care. I don't like it. But I can't stand it. <clears throat> well, I mean, dude, I mean, you had these people thinking these bands wrote Helter Skelter and smoking in the fucking boys' room. Fuck you, bitch. <laughs> That's the Beatles. That's motherfucking Brownsville Station, bitch. Go listen to some Martin yeah. fucking Boogie. 
You want? You know what I mean, Bo? You want yeah. to hear some fucking kick-ass rock and roll? You know, and I'm not a Skinner fan. I know you are, brother, but I'm not. But goddamn, dude, that is southern fucking rock, man. And and the guitar work, and just fuck, dude. That's motherfucking music. That's rock and fucking roll. And what are we left now with? Uh, uh, what's the last thing Metallica put out? Saint Anus Four. <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't know. And I'm a Metallica fan, brother. You know? I mean, what the fuck, man? But I I think, and this ties into some next shit, you know? I'll I'll talk about a couple more um, um, anti-scene songs that I love. Um, Mm -hmm. People Like You. Mm -hmm. Okay. Lay it on me, man. You want to know what inspired that? Absolutely. I think our, I think our listeners okay. want to hear it too. All right. Well, uh people like you is um was written about people that were that would try try to infiltrate your circle and they would poison. Yeah. The their attitudes Poison the way they would uh, pit people against each other, uh, the way they would uh, ev- everything they did was self serving and it had something to do with what they could gain, whether it just was uh, the uh, notoriety of uh, being part of what you had going on or in some in, in, in any other way that they could that they could profit. Not just in a monetary way, but just profit somehow by sucking your life's blood from you while they did nothing. Except cause problems. Yeah. Yeah, that's what that was written about. Well, I mean, that, you know, I think as a young man growing up in the 70s, um, you know, and, and you know, certainly from my standpoint, being involved in a lot of, uh, as Frank Zappa would say, trendy chemical amusement aids, you know. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, that was, you know, I, I identify with that song so much, and that's why I'm, I'm, I'm mainly asking you about songs that mean something to me. Um, mm-hmm. So let's go from people like you. And um, let's go into another one of my big, huge fucking favorites, Hippie Punk. Because <laughs> I'm with you, bro. <laughs> yeah, man, we always we always took jabs at at stuff that was. Uh, I mean, like, like back when that was written in the in the late '80s. Yeah, <laughs> um, it was still a time where you could uh, you could take jabs at you know what was going on in punk rock and in the uh, local scenes stuff, and we noticed the big uh, hippie uh, fascination that was happening, which has grown. Guess, <laughs> yeah, it's grown. But uh, and. And man, listen, I'm gonna tell you what, I love these guys, but I'm telling you, I think Black Flag had something to do with it. All that 
praying okay, and praying yeah, and yeah. and all that whole shit. I'm with but, you. <laughs> but uh, anyway, that's what that was. That was just taking a shot at them. You know, back then you could take shots at people, and then, I mean, people would get upset, but they sure as hell wouldn't try to, you know, burn your house down or nothing because they got upset. I mean, no, they'd just be upset not and like move now. on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, punk rock. You I have hear a you, man. Sense of humor. But that's long. Well, yeah, I mean, it did. I mean, you know, you know, look at fucking um, Dead Kennedys, man. California Uber Alice. You know, <laughs> and and California is my. You know, I was born and raised in a state, but you know, my roots are southern. But you know, <laughs> you know, go figure. Uh, you know, basically a, a San Francisco band, punk band, you know, singing about the evils of Jerry fucking Brown, which, you know, people should have done that more. <laughs> he wouldn't have been governor, you know. Well, I mean, if it was written today, they'd be uh, wanting to throw their arms around Jerry Brown. So there's that. Yeah, and, and you know, and, and, and Jello Biafra and uh, I don't think anyone's going to look at Jello Biafra and go, okay, he's another fucking George Bush or Ronald Reagan, right? You know, <laughs> I mean, you know, you wouldn't look at him and go, yeah, he's hardcore conservative. He's a Trump supporter, right? You know? No, no. I mean, he's already said the opposite, but again, I mean, I, I think that's part of the, um, I don't know. I'm going to call it the the outside rock, you know, yeah. whether it's punk or, you know, I, I hate labeling shit. And then let's let's run into this for a second, man, because, I mean, how many years has anti-scene been around, brother? Thirty-six. Okay, thirty-six fucking years. I knew that, but I wanted to hear you say it so the listeners can hear uh, you know, you look at a lot of the bands. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Rolling Stones, blah, 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 blah. They've been around for all these decades. But I'm I'm figuring the next Rolling Stone tour, we're going to see Keith and, uh, you know, Mick, you know, with Walkers. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? They're holding up okay, though. <laughs> so, you know, Kiss just got done doing their, their supposedly final tour, but I... I hear they're in the works for another one, you know. It's well, just, they're still on. Look at this geriatric fucks, you know. Go ahead, man. What? Go ahead. I was listening to you. I, I didn't have anything. No, you got nothing to say about Kiss? Come on, bro. <laughs> oh, I, lo- I love Kiss, but I, I'm not. But I'm not going to go take out a loan to go see them. Uh, now, you know, I mean, I saw yeah, No shit, uh. Uh, I saw him on the Alive 2 tour in 78. I I mean, you know, I went and saw him again. I saw him on Alive 1, man, you know. I saw him again, uh, Dynasty, and just like I thought then, well, I think now, it's never going to beat that first time I saw him in 78. So, I mean... Uh. Man, if that's what they want to do, and people will pay, more power to them, man. They can they can keep going and 
beat that dead horse. Yeah. Till it, you know, until it's uh, till it's nothing but a puddle. But I mean, uh, I, I'm not going to contribute to it. I, I I hear you, brother. I mean, you know, hey, fuck. If you can school the fucking populace, you know, and make you duckus and shit, you know, as 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 Johnny Lydon of the former Sex Pistols will say, you're filthy lucre, you know. Mm-hmm. Then hey, fuck it, you know, do it, you know. But I'm not going to pay hundreds of dollars to go see Kim Kardashian and fucking Kanye. Well, no. for that matter, I wouldn't pay you five bucks to go see Kanye. I wouldn't walk across you know, the street, but there's that. Nah, you know. So, but I mean, you know, I saw Kiss in the uh, the first tour under the what became the Kiss Alive, the first album. You know. Yeah. And uh, but I mean, dude, I saw Rush back in the motherfucking day. I mean, I saw I saw Black Sabbath with Ozzy five fucking times, man. And I saw yeah. fucking Deep Purple and Uriah Heep. Jeff, I mean, I, I saw those people because I, I was lucky enough. I grew up in the 70s. You know, certainly during the summer, almost every weekend, there was some big name, some motherfucker, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. You remember Frampton Comes Alive? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dude, I was there. I mean, you were there you, that you, you had an equalizer that would filter the shit. You'd hear me and my buddy going, fuck you, you suck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but, but, I mean, you know, it's that thing, you know, you you hear that kind of music that, that moves you, that speaks to you, you know, and then, um, I think you'd agree with me towards the end of the seventies, certainly the beginning of the, uh, the disco era and, uh, MTV, that rock changed and it became this fucking thing that you know you had to have a certain look to make the video you know and you had to be like journey remember that i can't remember the name of the song but i know you know the video bro (laughs) where they're like pretending to keep play keyboards on the outside of the building and shit Man, honestly, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't watch videos. <laughs> I can't ID things by video things. But well, you're I better man than me, bro. I'm, I'm sure it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but so now, you know, as long as the anti-scene's been in the game, man, you know, over 30 fucking years, brother, and... Certainly, you guys have been through some shit. I'm sure. You yeah. know, I, I I know you've lost band members, and yeah. um, you know, it's one of those things that certainly bands that are into rock and and rock bands that have been around for long enough years. I mean, um, people either kind of fall from the wayside through whatever reasons. But sometimes we lose them to addictions and the deaths that result. You know, um, Slipknot's been through it. I mean, there have been so many bands, you know. And um, is a band, how do you get through that, brother? Uh, I mean, the biggest loss this band ever suffered was when Joe died. 
Oh, fucking and, uh, absolutely, bro. And we, I mean, I guess at the, at the moment at, when it happened, I mean, there was serious uh, doubt whether we were going to carry on or not. But I got Joe's brother's encouragement and <clears throat> blessing that we should go on. And uh, so we did. And uh, a lot of times, man, when, you know, people quit, you know, I would say more times than not, it was probably a good time to go. But uh, there's only been a few people that got, you know, that got the axe. And yeah. But I pretty much, you know, I, I think I'm on speaking terms with with uh, most of the the former members. We try. Well, that's always when, good. Whenever we have our our uh, anniversary shows, we try to have uh, as many of them there, you know, signing people's stuff and and all that as possible. Like I think at this last yeah. one, when we did our 35 year anniversary show, I think we had the biggest group of. Uh, Anti-Seen former members, I think we've had ever. And uh, yeah, uh, that's all I've seen the thing. footage on uh, YouTube. It's cool. I mean, unfortunately, brother, I've, I've never had the great honor of, of seeing you guys live. And I hope yeah. someday I'll, I'll get the chance. You know, but yeah, who knows, you know, man? You Maybe saying, we'll be out man. there in California it's... sometime. <laughs> well, I, I live in Missouri, brother. I live in southeastern Missouri. Oh, Missouri. Okay, okay. Yeah, I know. Oh, before they lived in Arkansas, so you probably had more pity on me, on me then, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, you know. But uh, yeah, man. I mean, you know, um, one of the bands I'm I'm pretty sure you 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 were into uh, that I dearly love was Acid Bath, and uh, um, you know they lost their bass player Audie. Yeah. To a, a drunken driver kind of fucking thing, and and the band chose to call it fucking quits, right? Yeah. Now, obviously, Anti Scene didn't do that, um, right. but you know the fucking Who. I'm gonna flat out say one of the greatest rock bands of all motherfucking time. Didn't call yeah. it quits when the Moon died. Now, no, nope, it didn't. I gotta admit, to be fair. My favorite Who stuff is with the moon. I mean, you know, but, yeah. you know, Pete and, 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 you know, they did a lot of good songs afterwards, but I don't know. It wasn't quite the same. And when, um, you know, Acid Bath called it quits, you know, after uh, Audie got killed, um, you know, then, of course, Dax Riggs went off on his own and, I don't know how you feel about Dax solo. He's fucking incredible, you know. But well, man, I mean, it's not I'll, the I'll same the music, truth. is I, it? I know who Acid Bath is. I, I never, I never listened to them, and uh, I don't know that much about yeah. them. But I, I knew, I knew when their bass player was killed. I, I knew about that. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're it's a tight enough community. You hear things like that and stuff, sure. you know. But, uh, but yeah, I mean. I guess I I, I was well, never a 
a fan, but I was always aware of them, you know, and uh, of course I'm respectful of them. Well, you don't got to be. Made the impact they did, you know. Well, that's the thing, dude. You know, if if you're being fair and real about music, you don't have to be a fan, per se. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just appreciating, okay, wasn't my scene, but they were good at what they do. And I, I think yeah. that's good enough, or at least it should be, don't you? Yeah, sure. Sure. So... Uh, if you'll indulge me in, in the, in, um, I'm going to say I'm looking at my studio board because yeah, I'm a host of an important show, so i got to do that shit, right? Uh, we just went over an hour. You got a few more minutes, bro? Yeah, i got a few more. Okay, cool. So, because um, i got to do it, man, because anybody that's listening to my show from day motherfucking one, knows that the number one musical influence, idol, mentor of my life is the late, great, never forgotten Frank fucking Zappa. And because of my wonderful wife, Laura, who does research for me because I'm too fucking lazy, she discovered (laughs) that you are a fan of Frank. So let's talk about Frank for a couple minutes. All right, man. How did you first discover Frank? Man, uh, there was a girl friend of mine, and I say girl friend. She wasn't my girlfriend, but a girl friend. Okay. Asked me if I ever listened to any Frank Zappa, and I was, and I was like, yeah. I mean, I, mean, I heard uh, at the time. I heard. Uh, I don't want to get drafted, and uh, you know, I don't eat the yellow snow. And she's like, man, that's a. That's not the stuff I'm talking about. And she gave me a copy. Yeah, you were a late bloomer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she, she she gave me a copy of uh, We're Only In It For The Money. Oh, really? Oh, man, that's all it took right wow, there. Wow, dude. Well, fuck, bro. And after that, man, it's like, <laughs> you know, I, I, I think at one time I probably had, I, I stopped collecting records after a while, but there, there was a time when, if you were going current, if you were going current official releases, I had everything Zappa had ever put out. And <laughs> anything he was associated with, like uh, uh, El Shankar and uh, Jeff Simmons oh, fuck and, and Captain so Beefheart you know and all Shankar. that stuff, man. Yeah. Oh, fuck him, dude. See, I know what I'm talking about. Dude. Well, fuck yeah, you do. You and I are bros from another mo. <laughs> you know? <laughs> let, me, let me tell you something real quick, man. Um, mm. I was like um, 17. Uh, mm-hmm. It was like 1977 when I first discovered Zappa. I mean, you know, before that, I was, I was you know, I, I I didn't like the hippie, jangly, mm. jangly birds. You know, and, and to no, go I back to like the, the, the fucking don't. Grateful Dead, I mean, I've been living here in southeast Missouri now for like four fucking years, dude. And there's been like a dozen fucking times people come up to me and go, dude, you look just like Jerry Garcia. Fuck. Tell me I look <laughs> like Hillary Clinton. I'll take it as less of an insult. 
You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I grew up in the 60s and 70s, bro. Fuck the Grateful Fucking Dead and fuck the birds and fuck all that jig. Hey, Mr. Tambourine, man. You know what I'm saying? So yep. I'm Black Sabbath, man. I'm Uriah Heep. I'm 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 Deep Purple, you know. And uh, I went over to a friend's house one day, or, or a friend of mine's brother-in-law's house. And when we got there, he was throwing some shit in the garbage, and he was throwing in a bunch of eight-track tapes. I know you mm-hmm. remember them, you old fuck. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. And um, I still got some right here. I, <laughs> hey, dude, I. I just gotten a Pioneer fifty watt eight track player in my Ford Pinto. <laughs> you know, so you know Kevin wasn't getting laid in those days, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I had a fifty watt Pioneer eight track stereo and I, I had two Sansui uh three way speakers set in my back seat, you know, so I could rock, <laughs> you know. And he was throwing away his eight tracks, right? And um, we walk up, we start talking, I'm looking, and the first thing I saw was uh, Jeff Beck Wired. I don't know if you are familiar with that or not. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, and there was a, I can't remember the name now, but the Kansas album that had Dusted the Wind, Carry On My Wayward Son. You know, great fucking album. And there was also Mm -hmm. uh, the first Molly Hatchet record, which is just fucking gold, right? Yes, and I see this thing that says Frank Zappa apostrophe, and I mm. pick it up and look at the back of it. At the same time, I look in the back of it. He's going, "Dude, you don't want to hear that. That that music is <laughs> the worst shit you ever heard of, man. It's like fucking comedy music." And the first thing I see is "Don't Eat the Yellow Snow," "Saint Alfonso's Panic Your Breath." You know, okay. Now, now you're telling me don't listen to it because it's shit. So I have to hear this. You know? <laughs> right. I played that fucking tape three fucking times before I got home that day. You know? And within a mm-hmm. week, I owned every fucking piece of vinyl that Frank Zappa produced at that point, including the mother. Yeah. You know? And it's just been kind of like my Bible ever since. You know? I mean, Frank, it's it's not punk. It's not jazz. It's, it's you know... It's Frank, and uh, man, I I tell people all the time you can't you can't listen to one Frank Zappa album and think you've got it figured out. No, you know, no. like you you can listen to you have to listen to about ten or twenty Frank Zappa albums before you get it. You know, you have before you get what's going on because and even then you might not. Man, just because you like, just because you like the style of one album. That don't mean you're going to hear that style again for three or four albums down the road, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, when did he I ever like do that. the same song twice? He never did. I don't. I don't think he ever did. No. I mean, you know, he just. Um, he was one of those artists, man. You know that just um, did his own thing, his own fucking way, and he didn't give a fuck what anyone thought about it, and I think that pretty much sums up anti-scene. Yeah. You know, among a lot of other bands. You know, but... Do you have a favorite? Yeah. Which one? Do I? Um, Yeah. 
Nice. Of Zappa. I'm old school in, in certain ways, man. I mean, I, I got to go with burnt weenie sandwich. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, freak out, of course, but you know, his later albums, man. I mean, fuck, dude. Apostrophe, Overnight Sensation, uh, Them or Us, uh, Joe's Garage. I mean, it's it's so hard to pick a favorite, but if I had to, I mean, you know, kind of that scenario that people pick out of, you know, if you were locked on a desert island, mm-hmm. I would go with a cross between uh, Burnt Winnie Sandwich and Lumpy Gravy. <laughs> you know, I'm weird. <laughs> well, those, those are good ones. Those are great ones, man. Yeah. My favorite, I think, is uh, if, if if I can only name one, I think my favorite is uh, Lures. Oh, fuck yeah, bro. Fuck it, bro. Man, it's not my favorite. I mean, come my, on. My, my, now, it hands, hands down, it's my favorite instrumental he ever did was was Black Napkins. Oh fuck, dude! Well, that and if you have the um, the live in New York album, the solo version yeah, of that. Sofa, yeah, mm-hmm. and then you know you have the the mothers versus the mothers of prevention. You have um, um, what's new in Baltimore, and at the end he does mm-hmm. his solo. But yeah, it's like that, dude. Fuck yeah, fuck yeah, bro. We're brothers after another mother, you know, man. <laughs> but you know, um, you know, I don't want to keep you too long, brother. But um, I know you're kind of limited in, in, in how you want to talk about about it. But I can't let this show go unless we talk about Gigi. Okay. Okay. So I think I got a pretty good idea about the bullshit you don't want to talk about because. I mean, come on. You know, anyone knows anything about Gigi, they know certain things and certain shit and blah, 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 yada, yada. But Anti-Scene definitely has a, certainly a relationship with Gigi Allen. Oh, right? man, of course, of course. And we're, st- we're still great friends with the Murder Junkies and Merle to this very day. Man, from, Absolutely. From, the, from the time I met Gigi until he died, we were friends. And... We we stayed in touch with each other. He'd call me when he was in and out of prison, you know. And uh, and the time that he went up up the river, like the big time, we were in Europe. And uh, my wife at the time, you know, when I called her for that that day, you know, to check in and all, she you know, she told us, "Oh, Gigi, Gigi got busted down in Texas, and he's being extradited back up to Michigan," you know, and we knew that yeah. was going to be a big one, and it was. <laughs> I won't go into all the stuff, you know, dealing with that case or whatever. But, um, but man, one thing that I learned about Gigi, I learned a little bit about his work ethic. Was something that I, I think most people would not expect. Um, now, maybe sometime his records sounded like. Uh, he was just a big drunken, dope taking mess. But I didn't sure. find that to be the case, man. He was uh, when he had an idea and he had a vision of what he wanted. He was driven. 
And, you know, when they, when everybody else is tired and want to go home, he's he's still there, you know, knocking it out. And uh, he was a really hard worker. He, when it came to putting together the album we did with him, he was a uh, he was uh, 100% professional, and you could tell he he well, felt like. everything he was doing, you know. And uh, even though I don't agree with a lot of stuff he said, even on the record we did with it, man, we what we saw, we're getting to do a goddamn record with Gigi Allen. We'll give a fuck what he says, you know, <laughs> and, you know, so, um, I mean, it was a time that, uh, I look upon fondly and I'm glad we did it. Um, but there, there's a certain element out there that, uh, thinks we had the same mindset on topics and stuff and that's just not the case. Sure, sure. And and there's a lot of people that think we that, that was the only thing we ever did. And you know, we were all, we had already uh we'd already existed for uh well yeah. For about eight years. And that scene was already established. That, you know, so yeah, yeah, I mean that's why he wanted to do it with us. You know they want to do the record with us, so it wasn't some group that didn't really exist, and that you know, I, I I hate that we never got to do any shows together. We we had him come up on stage with us one time in Atlanta, and he did one song with us, and and that that's on video. I don't I don't know if it's floating around in YouTube world or not, but uh, might be. And, I mean, and, and I, I know about the album that you guys video. did with you know. Yeah. Um, but I mean, here's the thing, man. It's like I had heard about Gigi, you know. Now I'm a late bloomer to the whole punk rock scene because I was Black Sabbath, Deep Purple guy, Uri Heap, Zappa, and all that. And but I'd heard about Gigi, but you know, you know how it is with Gigi. You know, I mean, you're first hearing about Gigi. What you're gonna hear is okay. Take a shit, piss on stage, and roll in it, fling it at the audience and stuff. And, but I mean, you know, that's, that's what you hear about him, right? Yeah. Use that's the first thing you hear. But I was at a record show, turned on my store and I had a, um, couple box sets, really rare and shit. And some guy kept coming down my table trying to, you know, lowball me. And I finally said, well, you want to do some trades? Okay, fine. So I went down to his rig, you know, his setup. And I found a bunch mm-hmm. of rare Frank Zappa bootlegs and shit, which definitely turned me on. And uh, he goes, hey, you into Chuck Berry? And I said, like, fuck yeah, I did. I'm a Chuck Berry. He goes, well, I got some of Chuck Berry's piss tapes. You know about these tapes. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, and he goes, are you into Gigi Allen? Okay, well, the the name rang a bell with me. You know, the guy that takes the shit and piss on stage. Oh, okay, fine. So I, I finally made the final trades to get those tapes. And um, But the weird thing is, is, when I watched the Gigi tape, which definitely showed me all that stuff, I discovered that Gigi actually had something to fucking say at times. You know, 
And um, yeah, that made me a GG fan. And I think that well, well, a GG had the music to back it up, which yeah, you know, a lot of times, a lot, a lot of the the people and the groups and the artists that came after him claiming some kind of allegiance and doing like a uh, uh, a cheap imitation of what he was doing. I mean, yeah, okay. So you're yeah. naked on stage. So you're so you're bleeding. So you're pissing. Okay, fine. But I won't walk away from here remembering any of the fucking songs you did. You know, and with Gigi, exactly. that wasn't okay. He had great songs. So you could, in you your could opinion, be a Gigi Jeff, fan without all that, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because, because the songs. So in so your good. opinion, I mean, I I think probably one of the best bands Gigi ever played behind was Anti Scene. You know, but next to that, in just my own personal fucking opinion, I'm thinking Gigi and the Jabbers. No, nothing against Merle. Man, I mean, Gigi had or, good or, bands. I mean, I liked. I like he did. The I, I love the Murder Junkies, and uh, the, well, there's times when the Murder I, Junkies were really fucking great. But where he was playing with the Disappointments. I thought that stuff was was pretty brutal. You know, I mean, I don't think the Disappointments I were the best band in the world, but it, they they seemed to fit hand in hand with what Gigi was doing at the at the moment. You know, and uh, I enjoyed that stuff. I thought it was good. I liked the record he did with Bull. Well, yeah, as his band, uh, sure. But I, you know, I got to give credit to, to Gigi with Anti Scene, man. I fucking hate people. Well, I, I appreciate it, man. I I, I appreciate you know you violence that. now. I mean, goddamn, dude, those those are fucking rock and roll anthems, man. To to anyone who wants to listen to real fucking rock and and what it's not just about now, but what it's always at least should have been about. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and yes, sir. You know, Anti-Scene is one of my bands. You know, God damn it, Jeff. Man, to have you on my show right now, brother. I mean, and I'm sure you won't take this as an offense, but the only person I can think of better would be to uh, have Frank on right now. No. You know? <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> no, no, come on, dude. Dude, anti-scene hey, is you, you guys write anthems in my life. I mean, come on, you know. Hey, I, hey, man, I appreciate it. I'm, I'm asking right real quick before we sign off here. Did you ever get to see Frank? You know, dude, I didn't. But yeah. um, if you're a hardcore fan, you know he had this uh, phone number you could call called Barking Pumpkin, one eight hundred Pumpkin. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I called down there one day because I picked up these albums that didn't look like bootlegs because the the artwork and just, you know, it just didn't look like a fucking bootleg, you know what I mean? And it just mm-hmm. had me one of those days when Frank was there in the studio, and I got to talk to Frank for like 15 minutes. Oh, really? So, That's fucking awesome. <laughs> fuck yeah. So before we leave, brother, uh, what's new with Anti-Scene, man? Oh, man, we are... Uh... Got lots of reissues coming out. We've got a uh, single that should be out any any week now. Uh, it's a 
It's a single of us with uh, Jerry A. from Poison Idea singing with Fuck us. Fuck yeah. And, um, that, was, that was quite an honor to, to do that with him. And uh, we have uh, – we're always working on new material. I was like, this is probably the most uh, driven that this band has been with this, this current lineup. It was like, you know, everyone's uh, – Everyone's keen to doing the new material and stuff, so we're we're still writing, we're still putting stuff out, man. We're we're gonna keep going till no one's interested. <laughs> oh. hey, fuck him if they ain't interested. We'll, we'll make him interested, right? Too. We'll oh, do it. Who am I kidding? You know, huh? So, um, um, I mean, um, I know now there's there's anti scene merch out there. And um, yeah. I long ago wore out, wore the fuck out of my G.G. Allen shirts. So, obviously, I need some anti-scene shirts. And I found out there's an anti-scene mug. I can drink my fucking tea out of it in the morning and be a yeah, rebel. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah. Tell everybody to go to so how do we get that shit, bro? www.antiscene.com. There you go. I'm going to be ordering that shit soon, brother. I promise, man. Because I, I, I got to advertise, you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. Well, hey, man. Um, hey, everyone listening, uh, thank you so much, Jeff Clayton of Anti-Scene. Um, thank to you, be Kevin, here. Man, I, mean, I appreciate it. Hey, dude, it's, it's, uh, I'd like to say it's not very often, but in my lowly motherfucking life, it never fucking happens. I get to talk to someone who uh, is playing music that speaks to my heart and my soul and um, just makes me believe in rocking motherfucking roll. So um, All right. thank you, Jeff. And uh, come back again, bro. And, hey, I got another show called Mental Wasteland where we talk politics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You already got a feel for where I go from, bro. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, uh, I got you. Let's keep talking, man. Thank you so much, Jeff. I, I really appreciate right, it, brother. Man. God bless you. You know, Take and care, Satan bless man. you too, uh, depending you would, on how you roll. <laughs> hey, uh, if you would, uh, when the show yeah. airs, could you send us a link to it so I can, I can turn our audience on to it? Going out live, I'll send it to you right after we go off the air, bro. Okay. And you can just click on the link. It's blog talk. Just listen to the British bitch. You know, fuck the English, <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> we did fight a war against them, didn't we not? <laughs> you know, but yeah. anyway, just click on back. the shit. You can hear the show. And, uh, man, thank you so much, brother. I, um I so much appreciate this, man. This this is a fucking highlight in my life, man. (laughs) Well, you're welcome, Kevin, man. I appreciate you um, you having me call in. Well, come back, bro. And, hey. All right. You got the the, the link to the network. Anytime there's anything going on in the world of anti-scene, let us know. You know I'm going to promote it, dude. Will do. All right, brother. Thank you, man. You All have right, a good one, bro. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Man, hey, Jeff Clayton of Anti-Scene. It doesn't get much better than that. 
it was a good show, and I, I enjoyed the fuck out of it, and I hope you guys all did too, and, um, you know, we'll see in a couple more weeks, and uh, we'll see what happens then. Um, good show. All right. You guys all be good to each other, and we'll see you the next show. Catch you on the flip side.